All right, all right. Hey, how are we doing? How's the lunch? Where'd we all go? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Mellow Mushroom. I saw mint. Yeah. Anywhere else? Taco Bell. And it's in here. What's up, dog? I feel you. Um, cool. I went to, uh, I didn't go anywhere. Um, I went to the basketball tournament. Anybody go to the basketball tournament? Anybody make it pretty far? Ashlyn, you make it pretty far? Oh, you didn't play. No, you're just there for the people. I see you. All right, hey, um, this is the God's Chosen Instruments breakout. Welcome. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> um, so if, uh, if that's not the one that you wanted to come to, well, welcome. Okay. We're glad to have you. Um, but uh, I thought I'd uh, start by telling you guys a recent um, choice that I made um, that I really thought through, and it was to marry this girl right here. Okay. Yeah. I know. She's cute. Uh, she's actually in here right now. Hey, what's up, girl? Good girl? Okay, no, it's not making a scene. Okay. Um, hey, but uh, I, this was a very, 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 like, very thought through choice for me. Like, I, I thought through this a lot, okay? I, like, like weeks in advance, I actually uh, bought a rock, okay? That is an expensive piece of material on planet Earth, if you will. Um, I thought I thought about that like months in advance. I, I shot for a rock. I uh, I wrote 26 letters um, to her. There were reasons uh, why I respected her. Some different reasons I was gonna marry her. But I had the cover of um, Hey, these are just things for your birthday. Okay, it was her 26th birthday, the day I proposed. So I was trying to mask it a little bit. I thought it through. I did a, a surprise um, birthday brunch with her friends that she had no idea was happening. They had a balloon waiting for her. Thought that thing through. We're laughing at somebody that's good. Yeah, hardness with the balloon. Appreciate that guy. Um, I did, uh, we did an escape room, a breakout, uh, trying to cover up a lot of just the day. I was like, hey, this is the big surprise, you know? The breakout room, there you go. Uh, Gave her a pair of shoes for her birthday. That was fake, it was a fake gift, okay? And they didn't even fit. Um, but I had plans later, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I took her to her favorite place for dinner, okay, and then brought her into, um, I, I like let her on a goose, goose, uh, goose trail, rabbit trail, goose, yeah, goose chase, that's what, that's what I was looking for, um, and then took her to this spot where she had no idea, uh, she walked in and she's like, she sees all the candles, she sees the roses, she sees 26 roses at the end of the table, she looks at me and says, is it always like this, you know, <laughs> I go, no, no, she is that, um, but she walked in. And then uh, I, d- I did some things for her. So I gave her her 26th letter. You can't really tell. It was slightly more intense than the other letters. And then uh, without further ado, I dropped down on a knee. I said, hey, I choose you, okay? It was a very thought through decision by your boy. Hey, why do I start there? Um, because I think that in a similar way to uh, just like us as human beings, we think through our decisions, right? We think through our choices Um, And the reason I start there is because God is actually very similar to us in that. God really does think through his choices. He thinks through who he chooses as God's chosen instruments. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, um, but I was telling people when they were asking me what breakout I was leading, I was saying, hey, the breakout I'm leading, when you guys think of like guys like David in the Bible, when you think of Ruth, when you think of Esther, when you think of Mary, when you think of Paul, all these like big names in the Bible are different people even recently in history, why did God choose them? Like, did, did they just win the human population lottery? Did they just, were they just born in the right time period? Did God just randomly choose Mary? Did God just randomly choose these different people in the Bible that we know? Was it, was it just an accident? 
And, and I think the thing that you'll realize is no, like it wasn't an accident. God, in a very similar way to the way that we think through choices, God thinks through and chooses very specific kinds of people. There's two realities that I want to open uh, and talk about with you guys right now. The first is that God is looking for a very specific type of person. God's not looking just for any um, type of person. He's looking for a very specific type of person. Multiple verses in the Bible talk about this idea. Psalm 53, 2 says, God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. There's another verse exactly in the Bible. It says, the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. God's looking for a specific type of person. Second Chronicles 69 puts it like this. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support, support to who? Those whose heart is blameless toward him. A very specific type of person. The second reality that I want to share with you guys is, or actually, before we get to that, this just kind of makes sense that God would do this, right? It would make sense that God would look for a very specific type of person. Like if I broke my ankle, okay, if some if someone broke my ankle at this basketball tournament that just happened, okay, and I'm like injured, I need surgery on my Achilles or something like that, I'm going to be looking for a very specific type of person to perform that surgery. I'm not probably going to ask one of you to perform that surgery, right? Like you are not the kind of person that I'd be looking for to perform that task. The same thing for if I was going to build a house, okay? If I was going to build a house, I'd be looking for a very specific type of person, someone that could build a house, you know? I wouldn't just pick up uh, someone off the street. I would look for a contractor, um, an architect, or if I was, uh, this is an interesting one, like if I was going to choose an ambassador, if the U.S. was going to choose an ambassador to represent our country, that is a very specific job, a very specific role, and needs a very specific kind of person. Well, God is similar. God is looking for a very specific kind of person to perform his mission um, on earth, like what Chad was talking about earlier. The second reality that's a really encouraging reality, and the thing that I'm so excited that you guys get to hear right now, is that you can actually become that kind of person. It's actually made available to you to become that kind of person. It's not an unrealistic possibility. Second Timothy um, is a book of the Bible. Paul writes it to a guy named Timothy. And Timothy um, is getting this encouragement from a guy that's helping him grow in his faith. And I love it because it just illustrates that this is possible for anyone. Uh, Paul's using the illustration. He says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. He says, hey, in your house, there's a bunch of different tools that do a bunch of different things. There's varieties and different things. He says this, though. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. He's saying, hey, Timothy, if anyone cleanses himself, if anyone, if, if anyone, anyone, if anyone cleanses himself, from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. He will be an instrument that can be used and chosen by God. He'll be set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And in the next verse, he even gives them an encouragement on, on some practicals of how to do that. We're going to talk about these in a second, but this is what Paul told Timothy. He said, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. He said, pursue these things and do it alongside people that do. Proverbs 4, 7 puts it like this. He says, hey, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. 
And whatever you get, get insight. He's saying, hey, the, if you want to be wise, if you want to be someone who lives according to God's um, rules and standards and be able to experience God's best for your life, the beginning of that wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is this, go get it. You can become that type of person, which I feel like is a really encouraging thing for us. I, I was thinking about the profession of a doctor specifically. Um, it'd be, it's like a lot to, to, to become a doctor. You have to get an undergrad. You have to go to uh, like take free medical or medical school prerequisites is what I was trying to say. And you have to do like all these different things. You have to jump through a lot of hoops. You have to go to, uh, take the MCAT, pass the MCAT, um, then do residency after that. And then you can become a doctor. That's like a hard task. You know, there's a lot of effort that goes into that. The cool thing about um, becoming the type of person that God uses is he doesn't like leave you on your own to go to go uh, to medical school, to like go knock out the prereqs, to go study from the MCAT on your, on, on your own, like good luck and pay for all that. God's making it available. He says, hey, seek me through this book that you already possess. If you have a phone, you have it. You know, seek me through prayer, like um, we've been talking about this week. He's making all the resources available to you. He's like, hey, I'm paying for medical school. I'll, I'll, I'll set up residency for you. You still got to study for the MCAT, but I'm going to make those materials available to you. You can become that type of person. Um, so those are the two realities we're going to start with. God is looking for a specific type of person, but also you can become that type of person. So go ahead and discuss this with the people around you. We'll, we'll discuss a couple different times throughout this. Um, but what, what qualities do you think God is looking for in someone? If, if he does set people apart, what qualities is he looking for in someone? And then also, would you want to become that type of person that God could use? So go ahead and discuss that for like 60 seconds. Okay, finish that up. That probably wasn't enough time. We're actually going to be talking about the kind of qualities that God will, is looking for in someone. But before we do that, I thought um, what we're going to spend our time doing is just looking at some examples throughout history. Okay? Looking at some specific examples of different people that were God's chosen instruments, God's MVPs throughout history. Um, and we're going to try to see what we can learn from them. So these are the ones that we're going to be looking at. I'm going to try to describe really briefly, uh, generally, who they are, if you don't know who they are already. But then also I'm going to uh, say one thing that really stuck out about them um, that I think God noticed in their lives. And the first guy is Moses, okay? So I don't know if you guys know Moses, but Moses is a guy that's like token dude that was used by God. He uh, actually um, led this God's people, the Israelites, out of uh, slavery to another country. So there are about 2.4, uh, estimated 2.4 million people that are enslaved to this other country, Egypt, okay? And Moses is the guy that God chooses to use to stand in the gap for these people and lead them out of a country um, that they're enslaved in. It's crazy. He, he did some miraculous things like part the Red Sea and different things like that. But, it, but think of how hard of a job that was. Like think of how much effort, time, energy that, that sent in. You're not like leading the U.S. military out of a country, right? Like you are, you are leading, leading like a, a pretty unorganized group of people, 2.4 million of them, out of an entire nation. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, and it's cool because I feel like the thing that God noticed the most about Moses' life, uh, what sticks out about him is his humility. Humility at its finest. He, he just constantly, constantly put others before himself and thought of others' needs above them own. It just, their own, uh, or his own, sorry. But this is what Numbers 12.3 says about Moses. It says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. That's high praise from God <laughs> than any other person on the earth. And 
what what that means is like Moses didn't have this like fake humility where he like just kind of downplayed his accomplishments, you know? He's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, like God gave me the Ten Commandments, you know, you know, but it, it wasn't that big a deal, you know? That that's not the type of humility that Moses had. Moses had a humility that like he was like, hey, actually, I'm gonna put others' needs before my own. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna actually um, invest my time, energy, efforts in other people instead of for personal gain and benefit. That that's the humility that uh, God was talking about with Moses. Uh, Esther, yo, Esther's another girl in the Bible. I'm like, Esther had no chill, okay? Absolutely none. She, um, she's insane. Like, she was uh, absolutely used by God. It, there's this weird scenario in the Bible where um, Esther actually gets chosen to be queen of this other nation, okay? And this king in this weird series of events actually makes a decree to um, execute all the people um, of Israel, which was God's chosen people in the Bible, which is crazy, first off. But what's even crazier is Esther's Jewish, and she's the, she's married to the queen or king, and she has this opportunity to stick out her neck for the people of Israel with the king. The only problem is 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 it's actually illegal to approach the king unless you have been invited to the king. So you can step up in the king's court, and if he lifts his scepter to you, then you're allowed to approach him. But if you step into the king's court and you're just having a bad day, like, you're, you're toast. Like, executed, wife or not, which is kind of crazy. This is what Esther does. Esther decides to risk her life and give it, like, go crazy. She submits to the advice of her uncle, Mordecai, and she says this. Hey, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I'm all in. And what sticks out to me about Esther's life is her commitment. She is just committed to God. She's like, hey, um, I know that this isn't exactly the best career move, you know, to hold my queen office. I know that this probably isn't the most comfortable thing, but I'm committed. I'm going to risk my own safety, position, status, comfort, career to go before the king. Another guy in the Bible, Daniel. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the story, Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, Daniel had this white collar job with the government. So he actually worked for a king. Um, is when Israel was living in another nation. They were uh, in exile. He's the king's like right-hand man. God just gave him a ton of favor um, with the people that he was working with, and you'll see why in a second. Um, but Daniel, a uh, high man of integrity. Uh, but the thing that sticks out the most about Daniel's life is his priorities. Um, it's crazy. The thing that ended Daniel up in a lion's den, uh, which was a form of execution back then, was that uh, this king makes a decree um, that he works for. He makes a decree and he says, hey, no, no one is allowed to worship any other God but me, the king. Okay. And, and Daniel, being a follower of our God, who's in heaven, the one true God, he says, uh, actually, I'm, I'm not going to bow my knee. My loyalties lie with the God of the universe. Um, and when Daniel had learned that the decree had been published, he went to his home upstairs, um, upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he has done before. He's committed to it. He has a priority set in place. He says, hey, actually, um, not even a decree could keep me from, from my God. My, my loyalties lie with him. My priority is with him. Um, and it's, it's crazy because God delivers him from that lion's den. He stays an entire night with, the, with these uh, starving lions, um, and God delivers him from it. Uh, David, I censored his statue for you. You're welcome. Um, but uh, 
David is a guy that um, uh, Chad was talking about. Um, David, the thing that sticks out about him uh, is he just had a really deep walk with God. Uh, and the thing that sticks out to me most about him is his comeback story. He, um, he had this uh, point in his life where he just um, like committed this heinous sin. He um, commits adultery with another man's wife. Um, end up ends up murdering this guy's uh, this guy in order to to sleep um, with his wife, and and he gets called out for it by by God's another one of God's chosen instruments. Really dark story, um, but David just owns up to it. David owns up to it. He deals with the consequences as well. His son passed away um, as a result of it, and all these different things. But what's cool is is he um, he came back like he came back to God. He repented of his sin. He was transparent with God. And he was like, Hey, you know, I can't get around the consequences of my sin. I can't get around these different things, but, um, I'm coming back and I'm going to be diligent all the more. He was really diligent at the end of his life. Um, he, he ends up making a lot of preparations for God's temple and different things like that. So those are some old Testament examples. Um, again, David, I was literally going to share this verse that Chad shared. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as a dry as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I thought I'd just share another one with you. This is another example of David's deep commitment to God himself. And he understood this idea of, of God's chosen instruments. He, it's, he writes, but know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And he just had this priority on his relationship with God and it allowed him to come back um, from even a tough sin. Um, these are some New Testament examples, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, I was just interested with, with this one. I was like, man, why Mary? You know, like how hard would it have been to be a, a teen mom and, and not have a, a, husband, a dad to that baby? Like, how do you explain that to the neighbors? You know, and especially in a culture where it's like, it's pretty embarrassing to, to walk around um, at, and like have a baby before you're married, you know, but in a, in a situation that's kind of tough, um, what sticks out to me about Mary's life is she's just a really uh, a person of gratitude. She was so grateful that God would choose to use her, even even though she probably got looks around that time. Um, even though, uh, yeah, to me, I'm like, those would be some pretty confusing circumstances. This was what Mary writes um, as a result of being chosen by God to, to bear this burden uh, of the king of the, the universe. He's, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my God. In God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She, uh, you guys probably know, but she didn't even have a place. Like, she didn't have a hospital room. She didn't have a place in a hotel to be able to deliver um, our king. But uh, she's grateful. She's grateful the entire way. I'm grateful. She's like, I'm grateful to give birth to the king uh, in a manger, a feeding trough of an animal. Um, sticks out about Mary. She's really grateful for what God's done for her. This is a guy named Paul. Um, and you guys may have heard about Paul, but basically Paul was a guy um, who was a missionary in the New Testament. He's like one of the first guys. He has this crazy conversion. Um, and then uh, it's crazy. He channels like all the his natural giftings towards God. He was like um, kind of a gifted dude, had a, a really good education, um, and was, uh, yeah, had a, a really good job. He was like one of the higher ups in society. Gets converted, gives all his efforts uh, towards God and building his kingdom. And what sticks, about, sticks out about Paul is he is just a hard worker, like hard worker. He had grit. 
he he was a man of sacrifice. He lived out his priorities. Um, and it's crazy. He's just he was committed to very basic things. He's committed to prayer. He's committed to people, um, and even at the expense of his own self. Um, yeah, there's a there's passages in the Bible. It talks about how he was imprisoned. He had sleepless nights. He was shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned one time, uh, or maybe twice. Um, he was persecuted, and he just never said die. Literally, like he was just after it. He didn't make excuses. He was like, hey, with what I've got, I'm gonna work as hard as I can, channel all my energy efforts towards Christ and His kingdom. Um, he said, by the but, and he just had an accurate understanding of the grace of God, which I really appreciate about Paul, because he says this. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. And he actually writes this. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Paul just had an accurate view. He's like, hey, God has been so gracious to me. He's given me all these different things, these, these resources, these people in my life. And, you know, I'm not going to receive that in vain. I'm going to actually work harder than any of them. I'm going to be a grinder for God, which sticks out about Paul's life. Um, Go ahead and take about 60 seconds to discuss this. But what do you like? What do you notice any common things about those people or what sticks out in general about those people? Go ahead and discuss that for 60 seconds with the people around you. Well, cool. Hey, God doesn't just use people in the Bible, surprisingly, which is encouraging for us because none of us are in there to my knowledge. Um, But uh, we're just going to look at some more recent examples, even in history, of types of people that God has used even recently in the past couple centuries, um, even uh, but the first one that we're going to look at is this guy named George Lyle. Um, George Lyle was actually one of the first missionaries from the United States, or he is the first missionary from the United States of America. So he was born in a hot climate um, in the U.S. He was a slave in Virginia. He was taken to Georgia, converted um, in a, the church of his slave owner. Um, his uh, yeah, slave owner was an abolitionist and created these opportunities um, in order to get him uh yeah, an opportunity to even go as a missionary overseas. He actually goes to Jamaica, and it's crazy. By the end of George Lyle's life, there are like there was like a recorded eight thousand people that were impacted by his life that didn't know Christ before, and that God just chose to use. What sticks out about him is just boldness. He had a ton of obstacles in his life. He had to take a leap of faith, leap of faith after leap of faith after leap of faith to get to Jamaica, um, and yeah, just a man who God used as a result of it. Another guy, Hudson Taylor, um, this guy, he, yeah, I don't wear hats like that, but he did because he was a missionary to China. Um, and you may hear that and you're like, oh wow, dude, missionary. It's like kind of crazy, you know, to China. Probably was a weird dude. Kind of looks like he's wearing a hat, you know? Well, he was, he was just an average dude, like a lot like us. Like I'm, I'm like, if we saw him on the street back in the day, like, and we were in that time period, he was probably like really similar. He's a dog. Okay. Probably wanted to hang around with them. He went to school um, and it's actually crazy. He was like going to study to be a doctor. That was like an ambition of his. But then as he's reading um, different things, he just started reading up on the need for China. Um, and he just said, God, use me. It was six out about his life. I was reading his biography uh, a couple months ago. The thing that just kept sticking out about him is he was just faithful with what was in front of him. Like he wasn't like, hey, God, I need to know exactly how this is going to go. I need to know um, is this like prove to me that it's actually going to be better? Like, tell me exactly what this is going to look like. He didn't do that. He was just faithful with what was in front of him, and he left the rest 
up to God. He's a hard worker. Um, he actually did uh, get like become a doctor, uh, but then used it as a missionary to China. He didn't. He never said never, uh, and ended up over there, even though other people were even trying to keep him from it. But he uh, left this legacy. He left this ministry of the China Inland Mission, which is like still reaching um, the nation of China today. Another girl um, that was used by God is a, a lady named Gladys Aylward. Um, it's Gladys is like kind of cracks me up. No, no lie. Uh, she felt like God wanted her to go to impact China as well. Um, but she actually wasn't smart enough. Okay. So she like, she gets this, uh, she's like, Hey, I want to go to impact China. Um, probably didn't go like that. But then she gets, uh, sent to this school that prepares people to go overseas for China. Um, and she takes this test that like apparently all overseas missionaries need to pass and she flunked it. Okay. She had no shot at, at passing this test. I don't know if anybody can relate. Um, but, uh, it's cool. Cause the thing that sticks out to, to me about, um, Gladys is she was just super, super, super determined. She, she was like, Hey, um, and just didn't make excuses. Like I'm like, she had t- opportunity after opportunity to be like, Hey, uh, looks like this isn't working out. I'm going to go pick an easier uh, career path, or I'm going to go um, do something uh, that makes more sense that other people are doing. She had a lot of obstacles um, and opportunities to throw into the towel, but she just went for it. Uh, and it's, it's crazy because God honored it. As soon as she got to China, she actually developed a tight relationship with the Mandarin, which is like the guy that you want to develop a tight relationship with if you're in China. They, they oversee, oversee different provinces um, in China. And uh, she would actually go to different, she worked in an orphanage, but she would go to different cities and preach the gospel um, for God. Uh, Someone who's a token example of someone used by God. Um, A guy named William Wilberforce, um, who's dripped out up there. Uh, uh, William was a, he's a member of um, British Parliament. Uh, He played a major role in the British abolition of slavery. Um, but just the thing that sticks out about uh, Wilbur's life is he just treasured God's word. Like we've been, t- uh, Chad was talking about it. Um, WC was talking about it. You've probably heard about it. We beat this um, like a dead horse, okay? He just treasured, he actually lived it out. It's, it's like he, he treasured God's word in his heart. And an example of that is he actually memorized Psalm 119. If you don't know what Psalm 119 is, um, it's a chapter of the Bible. It's the longest chapter of the Bible, but it's, a chapter in the Bible about the Bible. Okay, so every verse in Psalm 119 is referencing something about the Bible. So examples like Psalm 119, 9, 10, 11. Uh, nine is how can a young man keep his way pure? 10, by guarding it according to your word. And then 11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 20, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. 37, turn my eyes from looking at worthless, worthless things and give me life in your word. Uh, 79 is like, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for do not stray, wander from your commandments. They're all about God's word. And William Wilberforce didn't just have six verses memorized from Psalm 119. He had the entire thing. There's like 150 verses or, or plus in there. I, don't, I didn't actually count. I should have. Um, but it's crazy. He would recite this out loud on his walk to and from work every every morning to british parliament i don't know if it was like a two-mile walk or something i'm like yo that's a that's a high bar that's a bar raiser for how i treasure god's word in my life it makes me think about hey how did i use my walks to class and different things like that or drives uh last example billy graham uh billy graham's one of the greatest evangelists uh ever or 
people would say, but he was a very gifted evangelist. He would, places would fill up to hear him preach. Arrowhead Stadium filled up three different times to hear him preach. I actually went to one in 2004, which is crazy. That was the last time he did it. Um, what sticks out about Billy Graham's life, though, is his integrity. He was just a man um, with, uh, with integrity, committed to holiness. Um, he was in a part of this group uh, that was like, that was on the rise that, yeah, it wasn't like common for people to just fill up like these public arenas um, to hear people preach. You got to see a lot of people come to Christ. But also um, with that is they would call for gifts a lot of times. And there was very little accountability with like money as people are like giving. Like people would just give to this, this uh, like, I think they called it a crusade um, and different things. But what he did is he took an initiative and he uh, made a pact with these other guys. And he said, hey, we're actually going to develop some rules. So they invited accountability into their lives. Um, it, rules that dealt with money, uh, publicity. They could have gotten really rich um, just by, by people hearing them talk. And then even one that sticks out a lot is just sexual immorality. There was just a lot of instances uh, that he got to be around some powerful people. He's, he met with like every president um, in the later years of his life. Uh, and he just had this rule. He's like, hey, I'm not going to be one-on-one with a girl like pretty much ever unless it's my wife. I'm not going to ride in the car alone with them. I'm not going to eat dinner alone with them. Not because that's like necessarily wrong, but he was just like, hey, I'm just going to build up uh, guardrails for my life to, to be a man of integrity and suck out a ton. Um, so the question is, is what did God see? Okay, we're back. What did God see in all these different people throughout history? Um, was it random? It wasn't. Uh, we're going to go over some different things on the back of different things that I think God saw. The first one is just full devotion to God. I think God looked down from heaven on the children of man and they saw these people and he said, wow, these people are fully devoted to me. Um, Mary, uh, having loyalty to God, regardless of what other people thought, I think of being pregnant as a virgin, um, crazy. Uh, David's devotion in the Psalms, I think of William Wilberforce. Um, I was thinking for us, like God's given us his word, prayer, opportunities to grow. And one, for one, I commend you guys, like seriously, to be spending four days at a winter conference over your winter break, you are taking a step to be that type of person that God used. You're saying, hey, God, I want to know you more. And I feel like this is a, a super tangible example. But these other things that are, uh, yeah, less uh, bumping, you know, r- less rave music, like things like reading the Bible in the morning or praying to, to the God in the universe, are we devoted to those things that God has given us? Or are they just extra and they're kind of nice when they happen a couple times a week? Second thing that I think God saw was just diligent lives, very diligent lives. I think of Paul's sacrifice for the advancement of the gospel in people's lives. I think it, uh, George Lyle, um, just having an accurate view of God is, of who God is and um, him being worth it. Um, and I was thinking for us, it's like, man, being the types of people who are disciplined, who are hardworking, God's looking for those types of people, um, people who know how to say no to immediate gratification in order to say yes to something better. Um, it's the same principle like being in a gym, you know? It's like, hey, sometimes I say no. Well, I'm going to for sure start saying no to like nachos and stuff because I get married in May. I, I got to be on a diet. It's got to happen. But it's like, why, am I, why are we doing that? It's because we're saying yes to something greater down the road. Same thing for us. It's like, hey, do we have diligent lives? Are we willing to say yes to God in the morning? Say no to sleep, snooze, you know, different things like that and so much more. 
um, diligent lives. Another thing is I think God's just looking for people of integrity. I think he saw that with these, di- these different people. Um, Daniel, uh, the guy in the lion's den, he, he was a guy who followed through. Like the, the way that he got to second in command um, in that nation, what, one was God, 100%. But it's also like David was crazy faithful with like little things that other people would say, hey, dude, that doesn't even really matter that much. He got um, actually captured when he was a, a child. He was um, selected by the king with these individuals. Um, and he resolved, uh, he made a decision personally. Um, think about that, being in captivity as like a 12, 14-year-old. Um, he makes a decision. He's like, hey, I know God doesn't want me to eat this specific type of food. He's like, I'm not going to eat that specific type of food. He resolved. He was a man of integrity. Even in a situation where it's like, bro, like we're, you know, captives. We don't have a choice. He like goes up and asks the guy. He's like, hey, will you risk your neck with the king to, to give me this opportunity to obey my God? And it worked out for him. Um, super uh, integral. I was saying for us, God is looking for people who keep their word. Keep their word. Who are trustworthy. Who, are, who do what they say they'll do. Which makes sense. Because I'm like, if I'm, if I'm someone and I'm looking for a job to get done and someone tells me, oh, yeah, I'll do it. But I know that they, they say yes all the time and, and there's a lot of things that are left undone. I don't, I don't really I don't know if I want to give that important of a job to that person because they, there's a high chance that they might not follow through. Well, same thing. God is looking for people whose yes is yes and whose no is no in the little things that don't really matter um, and in the bigger things. Because they're, uh, yeah, it trickles over. Um, the next thing that I think God saw is just humility. Um, and humility kind of in two ways. Um, one, in that uh, they admitted mistakes. So humility in that they admitted mistakes. Um, I was even thinking of uh, David as an example of this. Man, like, I don't know if you, you've ever been in your sport. So I don't know if anybody plays sports in here ever in your life. I don't know if you've ever been humbled in a game of your sport. I don't know if that's like slipping off the diving board or like uh, getting disqualified at the jump of a gun in a track race or getting crossed or getting mossed, okay, something like that. It's, it's tough to be humbled. That's like not something that you want to like experience a lot of times because there's a, a lowering of yourself. And I feel like that's, that's mega true when you're thinking about mistakes in life. It's like, man... It's a humbling experience. It doesn't feel good. David owned up to it. He was like, hey, this is, uh, yeah, this is going to set me back a little bit. But, like, I, I, I messed up. I'm admitting this mistake. Psalm 51 is all about David admitting his mistake. And then the second way I think um, God saw humility in these people is that they were learners. They were just people who were willing to be taught by others. I think of Timothy um, that Paul invested in. I think of Paul. Paul was a guy who spent, uh, like, multiple years Um, or at least a year with a guy right after he came to faith and he was just willing to be taught by other people he was willing to ask questions um, and even sought it out and speaking of seeking it out I think that's another thing God saw was just a lot of initiative God saw a ton of initiative Um, we'll wrap these up real quick but I was thinking for us where does God fall for you Uh, Matthew 6 um, talks about where he uh, oh sorry I jumped down um a lot of initiative. They don't wait for opportunities to come to them. Uh, these people took responsibility for their own growth in their relationship with God, not just for themselves, okay? So not only did they take their own initiative uh, to walk with God, but they also took a lot of initiative at their own expense to help other people 
walk with God. They were willing to do anything to help other people grow. Uh, they also had priority on the right things. Priority on the right things. For Daniel, um, praying to God wasn't exactly the best career move. Uh, it actually ended him up in a den with lions. You know, It's, it's not uh, the way to do. But I was, I was saying this a second ago, but where does God fall for you on your priority list? Matthew 6 talks about how he wants to be first. Um, and the people that seek him first are the people that God really does use. And then the last one is just buy-in and sacrifice. I was thinking for Esther, um, man, same thing. It wasn't the best career move, but she was bought in and willing to sacrifice. God wants to be number one, and there's a lot of good things that can be number one that you can buy into, that you can sacrifice for, that we do sacrifice for. Comfort is one of them. Money, career, family, pets, all good, all great things, but not worth um, being fully bought into and sacrificing for at the expense of your relationship with God. They weren't meant to be number one. Um, to wrap up, sorry, I'm over time. I lost track. Uh, but I was just thinking like, hey, what if God used you? Those two realities at the beginning, that specific kind of person, God wants you to become that type of person. That's why you're in this room. That's why you're here. That's why God's letting you hear the words, these words right now. God wants to use you. D.L. Moody is the last guy I'm going to talk about. Another guy that God used. He left behind a ton. Um, he left behind the YMCA, uh, which was used uh, by God. He created schools up behind colleges, all with the intent of helping people come to know Jesus. Uh, they kind of drifted from that. Um, since then, there's a lot of gyms, YMCA, that are faith-based. But um, he threw one of the first SMCs back in the day, which is kind of crazy. Um, they called it uh, the Mount Vernon 100, uh, Vermin. 100. But this is a quote that he lived by that's uh, attributed to his life. But he just says this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And this is what he lived by. He said, by God's help, I aim to be that man. He's like, hey, I'm trying to be one of God's chosen instruments, join a company of people that were used by God. And the encouraging thing is, is God really is looking for men and women like this. I would encourage you, hey, become this type of person. God gives the best. I don't know if anybody go to the relationships breakout. Raise your hand. A lot of people. Rebecca said this, and I think it's so true. God really does leave the best who leave their lives up to him. Who really do choose to be used by him. So, hey, that's all we got for God's chosen instruments. Uh, I think the next breakout is starting pretty soon. But go ahead and you can discuss these on your way out if you'd like to. That's all we got.